You're listening to the 515 Podcast, led by Pastor John Wayne McMahon with Kingwood United Methodist Church in Kingwood, Texas. Thanks for downloading. Hi there, welcome to the 515 Podcast. Jason Priestmeyer here with John Wayne McMahon. John, how are you doing today? I am tired, Okay, but good. I'm happy to be with you. That's right, you didn't sleep the other day, right? Yeah, the other day. The other day, and you're still trying to one get One of cut. these days. One of these days, you'll sleep one again. One of these days. Uh, yeah, things are interesting at nighttime right now. Yeah, that's, mm. babies do that. My wife may listen to this podcast and go, okay. what do you know? Ooh, yeah. Because she's losing more sleep than I Okay, am. yeah, so we won't blame so her. So I just want to acknowledge that, that I'm saying this publicly. Okay. I know that she's losing more sleep than I am. That's good. So I can imagine what she's, she's doing, so, <laughs> what she feels like. <laughs> So I I know you didn't take the opportunity to sleep in on Sunday, or maybe you did a few couple extra hours. No, but you no none at all. Mm-mm. All right, well that happens. But you were not. Um, I was going to say I got is, there early to do some prayer and okay, and uh, it was a cool opportunity to work on the next week's sermon. So on a Sunday morning, as I was kind of preparing, yeah, like I would normally do. You said you're it, I was done. working on the next week. So I would like to think that you'll keep that up and always be one week ahead of us. That's what I would have liked. To have thought, but yeah. it's Wednesday, and <laughs> oh. I'm behind already on next week's. Okay. No, but no, I'm trying. I'm trying to be a week ahead. So, so tell me, you were, um, you're the minister over all the Sunday school classes or what have you? So you yes, had sir. some. What, what's that like? What does that? Yeah, entail? I took the opportunity. Well, discipleship ministries. Thank you. Is a big yeah. So that's my kind of assignment mm-hmm. or focus at, at KMC, and so uh, beyond the vine worship, but mm-hmm. but after that, it's it's uh, discipleship. So that includes Sunday schools and small groups and all kinds of stuff. However, the problem is is most of our Sunday schools are at nine forty. And being the discipleship pastor, I preach at 940, and yes. I never get to go by and see Sunday schools. And so this past Sunday, I got to do that and go visit some of them, uh, most of them. I'm just missing a, missed a couple of them, cool. so we'll, we'll find a way to get to those later. But it was cool. It was a cool opportunity to tell them some of the things I'm working on and that I'm praying for them and love them and see mm-hmm. what they're doing. And they're doing some really cool stuff and still some big old classes and growing classes and all that's that. really great that's probably like when you're a kid in school and the principal would show up and like walk in the back of the class and everybody's like what's he doing here yeah i tried to warn him i tried to let that's him good. know oh, yeah good. yeah that's good i wanted to walk in with like a clipboard and not like say anything just, just like take, take notes, some notes walk out quietly hmm. I don't know if I would have said that. <laughs> no, just kidding. We have great teachers. It was awesome to get in there and say hi to everybody. Cool. And so, pray for classes. I got to pray for them. That's great. Yeah. So it was cool. So you didn't actually have to prepare a sermon last week for the uh, the parable series that nope. we're on. But, um, but I'm ready to rock. That's great. This is episode 62. Yep. I wanted to just dovetail that in there. Yeah. And we're talking about the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Yep. So let us... Tell me, you must know something about this story. Tell me, tell me, give us a little background on that for those who might not have missed it or haven't yet heard the sermon from last week. Yeah, um, I, I didn't get to hear Chris preach, but I heard his sermon was fantastic. And so, uh, but, and then I did hear Bert preach and it was also a great, mm-hmm. great sermon. So I definitely encourage you to go check out those podcasts. And um, uh, again, I just want to remind us in this, this, uh, this series of parables that, a parable is a, a conventional way that Jesus, well, I say conventional. It was conventional in that time, <laughs> time for a teacher, right? For a rabbi to use a story that could be remembered and thought of. Um, and Jesus uses these very intentional, and they are to arrest the attention of the hearers, of the, of, the, of the listeners, those that are gathered there. 
They use common understandings of, of like ways of life and things that they would understand, but there is a strangeness or a vividness or something odd or something something in the story that normally um, arrests the hearers, those that, that hear it, mm-hmm. um, as a way of teaching, correcting, um, or maybe even challenging worldviews. And, and that's a huge thing, and that's hard for people to hear. And so Jesus is eventually killed by some of the people that he tells these parables to oh, because yeah. they were... They were really hard stuff to listen to, mm-hmm. and if we're if we're doing them right, they're probably pretty challenging to us in the way that we think. and And I think this is one of them as well. And so, uh, Chris and Bert preached on the Pharisee and the tax collector. I'm just going to read the parable because it's really short. Okay. okay? Yeah. So this is from Luke chapter 18, starting in verse uh, nine. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. So that's really all that we have. So he's talking to some people around that says, uh, there's some people that look down on others and they're kind of cocky, right? So Jesus told them this parable. That's the intro we get. Uh, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, and there's a, a dash here, this... This kind of pause, hmm. or even like this tax collector. So I like the way Bert told it. It's almost like the guys in the in the temple. He's praying and he's like, "Thank you for not making me like all these jacked up people." And then he stops and he goes, "Or even like," and he walks around and yeah. looks for somebody, <laughs> and then he finds a tax collector and he points at him and says, "Or like that tax collector, I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get." Uh, verse thirteen. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to the heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And so two characters that um, would be well known and possibly even the audience uh, listening to the story uh, probably the Pharisees are the ones that are confident of their own righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, they took serious pride in in knowing that they knew how to live and the right way to live. Um, and and we and Pharisees can get a bad rap, but some of the some of the Jewish understanding coming into the time when Jesus was particularly like was someone like Saul of Tarsus, who who's later Paul. Um, he like they they started to believe. They started to like over legalize um, or make the law so strict because they believed that if they would just be uh, faithful to the covenant and by doing by being faithful to the law, they're being faithful to the covenant with God, then God Yahweh would free them and rescue them from what they're doing. So there, I, sometimes when we read this, we kind of group all the Pharisees and the holy rollers in this place of like just terrible church people, like hmm. these these people that picket funerals and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe a lot of them like are those kind of people. Maybe that is a modern day parable, like I mean modern day like parallel like idea, yeah, yeah, yeah. parallel. I mean. Um, but I think we shouldn't group them all in that because I actually think a lot of them were even if they're wrong, they're going about it because they're trying to they're trying to to do what they think is right for the covenant so that God will set them free from the Roman oppressors and things like that. Mm-hmm. So anyways, but they did think 
these Pharisees, it was very natural for them to look at all the people that don't put all the work they do in the law and go, you know, what's wrong with you people? Yeah. So they get really angry that Jesus is hanging out with these sinners. They say that over and over mm-hmm. again. Um, and so that's kind of what's going on. There's this great tension. And if you can imagine the sinners and the tax collectors and all of those that are in the crowd along the Pharisees, and then Jesus tells this parable and at the end, it's the tax collector who is is the one that is applauded and affirmed mm-hmm. in the words of, of Jesus using this parable. That's that's a pretty, again, something that would arrest the hearers and maybe challenge worldviews. Mm-hmm. And so, pretty pretty remarkable parable. Something that's short, but really stands out to me. Yeah. A couple other things to consider is the temple. Uh, mm-hmm. Bert talked about this a little bit. And I imagine Chris probably did too. But the Pharisee would probably have access further into the temple than the tax collector. Mm-hmm. Um, the tax collector would probably have to stand much further away from the Holy of Holies and maybe even in the outer part of the temple. And so by by le- like just legality of the law, he was not even ceremoniously allowed to go very far. So when he's standing away, and so he kind of knows his place by the way that where he's standing yeah. and like he's got his head down, things like that. Um, there's some some guilt. There's some awareness, I guess, in in him. Um, the Pharisee has been so good that he is he has applauded his own goodness, right? And his pride has kind of taken over. And yeah. So we see those things happening. Yeah. yeah. One of the things, one of the quotes that Bert made that really stood out to me um, was that pride makes it difficult to accept grace because grace is humbling. Pride would rather do it alone. Yeah, and I, I mean, do you think the point, the kind of the main point of his story was was like one of pride versus humility? Yeah, I think so. I think Bert talked a lot about pride, and and and, obvi- and rightfully so. And I think that antecedent or the 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 good part of the opposite of, mm-hmm. of pride is humility. Mm-hmm. And so if we're if we're facing the pride that's in our life, then we're really also focusing on humility. So. I, I think that that's, um, that's definitely what we see going on. And think about it this way. The Pharisee is not praying in, way, in, a, in a manner of receiving grace from God. Hmm. Yeah. He's, he's doing like some kind of like fake humility. Like, I'm glad I'm not like these guys. Like, yeah. God, thank you. You're so good that you made me not like those people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's like... It's just kind of a jacked up prayer that I know I've found myself praying, maybe not literalized, like not pressed into this kind of context, but I've definitely thanked God for how awesome I am. It's also like he's praying for all the other people to hear him. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, and like how often have we ever caught yourselves doing that? You know, that's what. Right. That's something, another kind of a, a. dimension that you can look at the yeah, story and, about. But isn't that remarkable too that, that pride makes it difficult to accept grace? Like yeah. that's a that's a great line in that quote. It is. because um, the Pharisee's not receiving that. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. And he's not just oblivious to it. He's it's probably just, pretty lonely to yeah. to do that a lot. To to be telling everyone how awesome it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so a couple of things I wanted to I wanted to jump into. Like one of the things that, that came to mind, I love this quote from C. S. Lewis for pride is spiritual cancer. Ooh. It eats up the very possibility of love, right? Unabil- mm-hmm. Inability to receive grace, like mm-hmm. we just said. 
uh, for pride is a spiritual cancer. It eats up the very possibility of love or contentment or even common sense. Hmm. I mean, j- just ponder on that for a minute. Yeah. I just love that philosophical, like, mind bomb right there because when when I'm prideful, um, not only am I always thinking about how good I am, but I think sometimes that's driven by an insecurity and I can't rest in my own identity, mm-hmm. right? Like, like if I can't receive grace, if I can't be honest about who I am, then I can't even experience contentment, much less love. Yeah. And sometimes it's even as bad that I can't even like have common sense because I can't even maneuver some of what life is throwing at me and what's around me. I can't even have the common sense to maneuver life's problems because I am so focused on myself when it comes to pride. That's big. Yeah, I think so. I think that's that's something that stood stood out to me a lot. Another thing is like when I think about this, I think we just gotta really focus on Becoming love, and one of the one of the really cool books that I just read was a Bob Goff book. Mm-hmm. I've referenced it in sermons before. Um, Bob Goff has some great great books. Uh, his latest one um, is is Everybody Always Becoming Love in a World Full of Setbacks and Difficult People. If you haven't if you haven't read that, I get like please do. Um, but his quote is: Jesus talked to his friends a lot about how we should identify ourselves. He said it wouldn't be what we said we believed or all the good we hoped to do someday. Nope. He said we would identify ourselves simply by how we loved people. It's tempting to think there is more to it, but there's not. Mm. Love is something we fall into. Love is someone we become. Mm. And so the, I love the tension there because I think it's, it applies to the Pharisee and the tax collector. And really the Pharisee, the Pharisee is applauding. Even he's, he's trying to tell God about what he's done and all the good that he's done, right? Like that's essentially that's that's what it feels like. Yeah. It, and he's doing it by comparison. At least I didn't do that, that, and that. Mm-hmm. And comparison is a whole other topic that we can talk about. Um, instead of loving the tax collector, yeah. <laughs> instead of loving those that are around them, yeah. um, and I think that that's huge. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the, and the last quote I want to share. This one's huge for me too because um, this is from Andrew Murray, who's a a scholar, and he he talks about humility missing from the church. Um, I think humility is is something that should be one of the first things we find in a church. And unfortunately, we don't find it. And and let me let me just a small piece of confession. Mm-hmm. Sometimes our best pastors and leaders and uh, church folks and things like that are the ones that are least humble. And I'm talking about in, in general. And I think that that's that can be kind of problematic. Or at least the ones that are really like have fallen into this place of pride. Mm-hmm. Um, then those are the ones that we see a lot. The pride, the prideful church person or church leader, uh, covers up the humility yeah. for others. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But but anyways, yeah. when we go yeah. to church, even even encountering like, uh, and I'm guilty of this. I'm, I'm I'm including myself in this confession. Like pride is definitely something that I wrestle with, and that's why uh, Bert's words were so impactful for me. But anyways, 
humility is something we should encounter in the church, don't you, don't you think so, right? Oh, yeah, like, for sure. And so Andrew Murray says this, when I look back upon my own Christian experience or at the church of Christ as a whole, I'm amazed at how little humility is seen as the distinguishing feature of discipleship in our preaching and in our living and our daily interaction in our families and our social life, as well as fellowship with other Christians. How easy is it to see that humility is not esteemed the cardinal virtue? the root from which grace can grow and the one indispensable condition of true fellowship with Jesus. The fact that it is possible for anyone to say of those who claim to seek holiness that the profession has not been accompanied with an increasing humility, right? Mm -hmm. Always increasing is a loud call to all earnest Christians, whatever truth there be in the charge, to prove that meekness and lowliness of heart are the chief marks by which they who follow the Lamb of God are to be known. Hmm. It's big, but I just I just want to focus on that last part. If there be anything in our call, there should be increasing humility so that we might show that meekness and lowliness of heart are chief marks by which we who follow the Lamb of God. Why? And why does he use those words, the Lamb of God? Mm-hmm. Because Christ is the very model of this humility. You think about Philippians 2, this great, one of the oldest parts of the Bible or the New Testament, and this this old hymn, this old song, probably, I, let me fix what I just said, one of the oldest songs that we have right there in the right. New Testament, Philippians chapter 2, and we and, and the author shows this, this great going down, down, down of Jesus, leaving the heavens, stepping off his throne, mm-hmm. the incarnation, even dropping himself down to death on a cross and even into the ground and burial. Mm-hmm. And then it is God who lifts him up. Jesus is not trying to exalt himself. He humbles himself all the way down and God actually exalts him. Therefore, we should have the mindset of Christ that we might see that he gave himself as the lamb of god uh for us so that we could be in the family and that's that should be something that marks our very lives right we can't we we gotta become that and i think that god does that work in us but we we need to acknowledge ourself and 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 see those places where it needs to be touched a little bit more by god's grace you know what i mean does that make sense yeah i think people can use their pride like a shield or mm. like a mask. We've talked about people, you know, wearing masks, and, and we all do it from time to time. Yeah, that they can use pride for that purpose. Yeah, to really mask. I don't know, you know, to put on a, a fake persona or like everything's great in my life, and yeah. hey, listen to all these great things that are going on. Yeah, and that's a great analogy of that. No, God, you yeah. you lower yourself. You're God picks you up yeah I like that and, and you see that in the tax collector in the parable yes I mean he's he, he won't even pick his head up yeah I didn't look up and this isn't yeah we'll talk about this in a minute but like he it's it's because of the the humility in mm-hmm. the parable not because he's just trying to put on a show or like maybe not even of like just pure desperation but like Maybe there's, I think there's a humility that struck him in this parable. At least that's the way I experience yeah. it as I read this parable that has caused him to see his, himself in light of the cross, uh, at the foot of the cross, yeah. uh, upon which God himself laid it all down. And that's a, that's a humbling thing. So we, the, the listener could be thinking, okay, so 
I need to be more more humble how, how can I practice humility what, what what's a good well, I, I think again Philippians chapter 2 Paul says that we should have the mindset of Christ and how, how does that happen I think that we, we become rooted and established in the love of God that we we uh, we we know what that looks like that Jesus has stepped down off of his throne and we continue to step down off our own thrones like we've, we've mm, got to do yeah. that yeah. and we've got to continue doing that and I think so the reason why I start there is because I think it's God that brings humility in our lives. I think it's both as a perspective, as I've seen what Jesus has done on the cross. There came a point in my life where I said, not only did Jesus die, but Jesus died for me. Like my my sins were taken away in that moment. That's a very humbling mm-hmm. uh, experience as I think about some of the things and the faithlessness that I that I've poured in my life. So that and and not only that, but God's power through the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in me allows me testifies to me that I am the son of God mm-hmm. and so that I don't have to try and establish my own throne I can climb off of those mm-hmm. thrones yeah. so that that mindset that's a work that's done in me um, second let me this is really practical but I was thinking about this this week I've been talking with a lot of people a lot of couples recently and active listening mm-hmm. this is really really practical when you're talking to people around you are you thinking about what you want to say back to them particularly your spouses are you yeah. thinking about something else that's going on or are you actively listening to them one of the things that that we can do well by that is repeating back to them what mm. they're saying yeah you know what I mean like so 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 what I hear you saying Jason is you feel like this is what what is going on in your life have we actually slowed down enough to hear and like to listen to the people that are right around us do we value what others have to say? Um, humility in the workplace or in your home or in your marriage is truly valuing the other person. But I think we get going so quick or our faces are down in our phones and we just don't even hear. Yeah. We don't even hear yeah. or see uh, the people that are around us. So I think that's a really practical thing that I just keep getting yeah. uh, hit up the f- upside the head with. That's so true. Yeah. Well, I've, I've been in, in conversations with people that like... Uh, you know, like they'll say something and like, okay, well, this is my turn to share. And as I'm, as I'm starting to respond, they're always like, they're already like planning their next comment. Yeah. And I'm like, you're not even listening to it. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, so I've frustrating. And like, I can do it. I can, I can see it. it. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. see you're doing this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to stop talking now. Uh, the next thing I want to <laughs> say is, is that this is not about self-hatred or definitely not about false humility. Okay. Okay. So this is, I don't, I'm not trying to tell people that you just need to really beat yourself up. It's about it's about because I want you to lose the guilt and shame, uh, like of feeling broken and mm-hmm. and feeling like you you've caused this wrong. Like God heals that sin, like heals and forgives and just yeah. He didn't hold he didn't hold yeah. it over us, right? Yeah, and so I do, and and then the false humility is so scary. Like mm-hmm. that's that's something that really creep in. But I think it's more about honesty with ourselves and a foundation of love for others. That is how we practice humility. So how do we move from a foundation of love first mm-hmm. before judgment, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's the most practical yeah, thing is yeah. thinking about how do I with this person I'm about to encounter they smell bad or they're annoying mm-hmm. or like whatever it is mm-hmm. how, how do I move from judgment or what's happening to, to love first as a as a foundation and how can I continue growing in that each and every day? Yeah. Like I think that's the thing to wonder and, and work at. Um, four, truly get to know others. Like, really get to know others. Like, ha- have you taken the time to ask questions about people's families mm, and yeah. 
what's going on over the weekend. When you ask them, remember to actually listen, right? But like, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like get to know other people. I think through, um, I think it's in, in humility that we get to know people that we have problems with or like, and we, we start to see, or like, for example, uh, your spouse, like if you're in a conflict or something's going on, are you listening long enough to get to know the perspective that they have? Mm-hmm. They reached a conclusion based on a thought process that they're going through and a set of emotions and things that have hurt them or whatever it is. Have you slowed down enough to get to know them? I think that's practicing humility and loving others. Yeah, that's a good, that's yeah. a really good example of that. Yeah. And then five, finally in our parable, it is those who do not build for themselves a monument or a throne or a big pat on the back that God will lift high. Do not gather your worth in success or what other people think about you, etc., etc., but primarily focus on the love of God and the love that God has for you. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's deep. I like that. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, we see the root of most of what happens in sin and definitely in Old Testament. I mean, even even you can go all the way back to the very beginning in the in the garden. Mm-hmm. Pride is like central, and like the Tower of Babel is they're building something. They try to get together and build their own thing, always choosing themselves over God or trying to be their own God. And we do that. We we choose ourselves over other people, and I think that's a prideful thing. Yeah, we definitely. It, it's easy to let your own uh, happiness or sense of worth be dictated about how, not even necessarily how people see you, but how you perceive that they perceive you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so you would... And it's weird to think that that's pride. But yeah. I, but I think it is. But you know, I think it is because it's like, okay, I want to I want to be recognized for what I'm good for mm-hmm. or I want to be accepted by these people and it's like, well, no, I mean, that's not really what's important. It's It's what... Well, yeah, it's the love of God in in what He did for right. you and in you. That's I mean that's right. And well, and I think I think it, like I well, here's what I want for you who's listening right now. Like I want you to be affirmed. Yeah, and I'm I want sure. you to be celebrated. Yes, and I want you to be loved by others, and I want you to be appreciated. But I don't want you to depend your worth upon all of those things. Mm-hmm. I want that to be rooted and established in the love of God. That has been poured out in your life. I don't, that's got to be the. That's got to be the core of it. Hmm. I think that's where we find a strip down of of pride and and cravings that are not healthy and things yeah. like that. I don't know. We're we're getting really deep here. I feel we like are. It, I wasn't ready for this. Yeah. But I like also another thing that uh, Bert did is he had the graphic of the word pride and right in the middle was the eye. Was yeah. the eye? It was mm-hmm. bigger than everything else. It was mm-hmm. a different color. You know, it like stood out and it's like this is the center of pride is me is me and yeah just get let yourself get out of the way and you know go do something for somebody else you know we're going to talk about missions in a few in the near future yeah you know go do something further you know go pack some school supplies or you know uh, some 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 sanitary kits and like that's cool but that really is where i think by doing that you get that sense of accomplishment and worth and it's not about you it's not about your yeah. pride yeah yeah because i'm thinking i'm thinking about like um and we're completely off script here, totally folks. yeah so um i'm thinking about the person who um 
is not I'm not thinking about the arrogant person that mm-hmm. walks into the workplace and goes hey look at me I'm hot stuff yeah I almost said the other word <laughs> oh <laughs> I do not have a beat button yeah. so please be careful uh, so, you know look at me or look what I've done look yeah how hard. I'm not even I'm not even thinking about that person that person is is just very over the top yeah. I mean prideful and so I'm thinking about the person who is at their job and they're not appreciated no one's seeing what's going on and I, I'm not trying to make that person feel bad but I'm trying to encourage you in that there's a subtle pridefulness that can seep into our lives where we crave for things that I don't even think will be satisfactory for us or at least fully satisfactory yeah. wow right yeah. Okay. That's good. You had a you had a sweet quote you wanted to share with us. I, I did. I think it ties in. I think this is how we put a bow on it. Well, this came. That was fun. Yeah. This um, was a one of my email uh, my email devotional from like last month, almost yeah. a month ago, uh, from J D. Walt. He does the seed bed the seed bed daily tax thing, um, and he was not talking about the Pharisee. Yeah. <laughs> or the or the the tax collector, but he's talking. He was talking about pride for a few days, and the quote is: "To be clear, pride." In humility are not behaviors or even dispositions so much as they operate at uh, at the level of our identity. Pride is a telltale sign that a person struggles with shame at the core of their sense of self. They don't mean to be prideful. They can't help it. Shame prevents a person from valuing their own self, which means they must build an alternative sense of self that they, va- they can value. Anything that comes against this alternative or false self is vehemently fended off. Pride is a way of protecting the false self. Mm. Uh, humility mm. comes from a deep inner self. So this is humility, the other side of the coin. Yeah. Humility comes from a deep inner sense of knowing you are loved for who you most truly are. This comes from God by the power of his word and Holy Spirit and through others who have known this kind of unwavering, unconditional love for themselves. That struck me so hard when I read that, that I'm like this, you know, I like... It was an email, but I was like, I wanted to underline it, and you know, like I sent it out to our group, me too, you know, a couple of our small groups, and I'm just like, this, this is like, this is it for me. This, this little paragraph means so much. I mean, there's so much there to chew on. And, yeah, and let me pull out two parts. Pride cool. is a way of protecting the false self. Yes. Wow. Because, and that's what we're kind of talking about. That that uh, climb the ladder, climb the ladder. Like try to try to find the appeasement the affirmation mm-hmm. or whatever it is I mean think about someone who's who, who like in the times that I have tried to earn um, compliments from people I love mm-hmm. show, show off things I'm doing or yeah. things I've worked on or whatever I mean I, I am trying to tickle the fancy of <laughs> that false self right yeah. of that person who is is founded on insecurities and things like that yeah that's so rich and then then the very next line humility comes from a deep inner sense of knowing you are loved for who you most truly are think about the most humble people that you've been around don't you feel like they absolutely don't need anything from you yeah and not in like a dismissive way no but a beautiful way (laughs) like that they have an exp like an like just an unlimited amount of time or love or patience or whatever for you Mm -hmm. for whatever is going on those people with that kind of humility i mean they just they 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 feel they they almost feel like they're free uh to be hurt by others or to be praised by others and for it to not 
not swing them in this yes that in this exactly. other way in, in the wrong ways because they know who they are in the sense of God's love mm. they could be you could praise them or yeah. or completely dismiss them they don't care yeah but you know they appreciate whatever but yeah. they're not dependent on it they don't need that they're not thirsty for it yeah yeah cool so I feel I feel like just in closing like mm-hmm. we rattle off a whole list but I'm just thinking about like like quiet time and yeah and prayer and listening to God like the the Pharisee just rattles off a prayer I mean it's just you know I can imagine the I can just imagine right now the tax collector saying just a few words mm-hmm and just be in the, in the presence of the temple. Also, and like, I'm just wondering about... What like, he could like. be there with his head down, prayer, praying, and then not realizing that this Pharisee, Pharisee's like, who's, I don't know how many yards away from him he is, yeah, going off and all of yeah, a sudden, like, yeah. calling me out? Yeah. It's like, what? I, yeah. I just, it, well, and the tax collector is just so focused on yeah. relationship and listening and God and... Mm, Sweet. Rich. It's our best episode Wow, that yet. went crazy. It did. Man, all right, guys. So I'm praying for you. Um, What's next week? Let's let's. Uh, we're whoops. talking about the parable of the barns. Oh boy, it's really a bad description. <laughs> it really is. I don't. It's, that does not ring a bell for so, me. So a guy a guy has a bunch of crops and he runs yes, out of room. So he tears down his barns and builds bigger ones. Got and it. he says, "Yo, I'm gonna chill for the rest of my life. Early retirement." Yeah. So that's what we're preaching. Oh man. Yeah, cool. All right, I'm looking forward to that. This is a good one. I hope uh I hope everybody got something out of this. Yeah, thank thankful for y'all. I hope this is I hope this just raises some more yeah. kind of thoughts and and drives us all a little bit deeper. I want to pray for all of y'all this week and then and I ask that you pray for me because this is this message is something I needed to hear just as much as anybody. Yeah, me too. Cool. Amen. Amen. Thanks, John. All right. Wayne. Talk to y'all later. We'll see. You. Bye.